0: Hi, you've just downloaded or otherwise accessed a podcast of Cross Point Church and the teaching ministry presented through our weekly Sunday morning worship. Feel free to burn a copy of this file when you're finished and pass it along to a friend you think might also benefit from the teaching. We hope you enjoy the message today, and thanks again for taking the time to visit. Sometimes the crossroads is that chaotic. Sometimes it's, it's just a mess, a maze of where should I go? What should I do? What's the right way? What's the right answer? Sometimes the crossroad looks like total solitude. And we, we couldn't feel or sometimes feel like we are or be more alone. Um, can somebody show up to help me? Can somebody show up to, to kind of give me some direction and the, the, the way I should go here? Because I feel like I'm, I'm making this decision in total solitude and I don't, know, I don't know which way to go and I can't see the right way. So whether it's, whether it's total chaos, whether it's total solitude, or somewhere in between, all of us face crossroads. We've, we face crossroads this week, probably, at some level or another. And wouldn't it be great if, if there were a formula for how to handle every situation crossroads? Um, good news today, there's a formula. And what I'm going to share with you today from Jeremiah chapter 6, if you'll turn there, is the first in this series of messages called The Crosswalk. And that is today how to find the cross at the middle of the crossroads. As we talk about this, this, this idea of walking in light of the cross these next few weeks, I hope we'll reclaim once again its power, its, its, its deep love, its motivation for us. Uh, I hope we're going to see some things that will, that will challenge the way we live, the way we prioritize time, the, the ways we see circumstances differently. Um, but today I want you to see as we begin this formula for the crossroads in Jeremiah chapter 6. Look at verse 16 with me. This is what the Lord says. <clears throat> Anytime you see this is what the Lord says, you got to perk up. Because something's good, something significant is about to come. This is what the Lord says. Stand at the crossroads and look. Ask for the ancient paths. Ask where the good way is and walk in it. And you will find rest for your souls. There's the formula. There's a the formula for how to deal with, with, with life at the crossroads. Stand at the crossroads and look. Ask for the ancient paths. Ask where the good way is and walk in it. You'll find rest for your souls. So let's look at these four principles here out of this verse. The crossroads of life, first of all, demand observation. That's what he, what he says there. And stand at the crossroads and look. Stand at the crossroads and observe. The crossroads demand our observation. They demand the time it takes for us to say, Okay. Here I am. What am I supposed to see? What am I supposed to glean? I don't want to miss it. I don't want to run, run beyond it. I don't want to make a quick decision and regret it 30 days, 60 days, five years, 10 years later. I want to get it. I want to understand it. Oftentimes, that takes, takes enough uh, of an effort on our part to say, okay, this world is chaotic enough on its own. If I need to find a place of respite, a place of uh, a getaway or whatever. And this crossroads, is it for me? Okay, let me stay here until I, I get the things from God that I want to get. And we can't do that without taking the time to, to stop and look. Now, this statement infers that there may be more than one logical choice. Stand at the crossroads and look. Look at what? Look at what's before you. Look at the choices before you. Look at look at the things to be gleaned from this choice, the things to be gleaned from this choice, and this choice there's, there's oftentimes more than one logical choice at a crossroads. That's why it's dangerous. I mean, hear me here. It's dangerous to always depend on logic. It's dangerous to always make decisions based on what the logical choice is because, there's, as I say, oftentimes more than one logical choice. I can go this way, and here's the consequences, here's the outcome. I can go that way, here's the consequences, the outcome here. Sometimes there's more than one logical choice. So um, sometimes standing and, resi- and, 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 and looking reveals the obvious, Sometimes it only clutters the obvious. If, if, as I say, we're, we're, if we're approaching that from the standpoint of what is logic, now, it, it's um, it's dangerous to to do that, as I say, because logic will sometimes lead us the, the way it looks like it's best to go, but in the long run, it's not really for our good, neither for God's glory. So, um, standing and looking, though, taking a pause, and, and and few people do this. Most folks get. If you're like me, you get to cross us and go, Okay, where am I going? What, what, what's next? And so, you know, th- there's, there's this idea of, I don't have time to fool around here. This is a significant choice. I need to make it move on to the next choice because gonna be another crossroad tomorrow, the next day, next week, next month. And so we, we take little enough time to say, okay, what's God have in front of me right here? What is his way? What does he want me to see? Because nothing, if, if, you, if you believe this, <clears throat> if you're a believer, then you should believe this. Nothing happens in your life by accident. Nothing happens. A believer can and should throw fate out the window. In fact, nothing happens in life period that either for the life of a believer is not directly caused by God or allowed by him, sifted by him. So whether it's Job that he allowed the enemy to say, okay, have at him. His faith is strong enough to take whatever you throw at him. I know him. I know his faith. I know who he is. I wired him. He's, he, he believes in me. He's going to stand with me. Now he'll waver, but he'll, he'll in the end stand with me or whether it's a situation uh, like Moses found himself himself into the victim of his own circumstances. Either way, we're going to find ourselves at crossroad after crossroad after crossroad after crossroad crossroad that either God directly caused or allowed to happen. So what's the significance of that? We need to see his way. If he's caused it or allowed it, there's a reason there, there's a lesson there. We need to see his way and find his way. Um, And here's the hard part. Either way, whether you're looking at it from a logical standpoint or you're looking at it from a spiritual standpoint, stopping and, 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 and taking a respite, stopping and taking an observation, an observation, taking enough time to, to, to say, okay, God, I need to pray about this. I need to look at what's going on here. Stopping and doing that requires more patience than most of us have. Now, that's the bad news about crossroads. Is they, force us in, they force us into patient places that, that we don't go looking for. But sometimes, if we get there, <laughs> and here's the here's the next choice for us. There's the next avenue, the next road, and we don't we don't want to make it wrong. So we so we by 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 nature, you're stopping. Look, we back up to say, okay, let me take a deep breath here because the fallout of this, and, it, and all decisions aren't this way, but some are. The fallout of this could be huge. The fallout of this one decision about about family, about work, about uh, about marriage, about divorce, about parenting, about the fallout of this decision could be huge. And so I need to make sure I'm making the right one. I make sure, need to make sure I'm seeing the things God wants me to see. It requires more patience than most of us live with. And I'm going to tell you this. The enemy loves impatience. The enemy loves, he loves, he loves friction. He loves a sense of, uh, of, 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 of uh, urgency, creating a sense of urgency and anxiety in us. He loves impatience. You know why? Because we often make bad decisions because of impatience. And if we can stand to be patient enough to say, God, regardless what the enemy wants, regardless what he's throwing at me right now, what he wants me to see, how he wants to confuse me, I want to see your way. I want to get it. I want to understand it. That requires us stopping and looking in this very first phrase of this verse. Step one in this formula is take an observation. Stop and look. Very, very important. Demand observation. The crossroads of life, secondly, not only demand observation, but uh, offer reflection. That's what he means in in this idea of ask for the ancient paths. Not only stand at the crossroads and look, but secondly, ask for the ancient paths. What what does he mean by that? Well, there are two opportunities really for learning that this verse or this phrase of this verse uh, looks to. One is learning from our past. And sometimes those are hard lessons to learn from the past. But one of the things we can learn from our past is this, and I've learned this from mine, perhaps you've learned this from yours, that running ahead of God seldom leads to my good. Running ahead of God seldom is for my good. Now, I can go ahead and make a decision, and I'm a pretty decisive person. When I get to a crossroads, I want to make a decision. I want to move because I'm decisive. I'm a black and white kind of guy. Here's the right way. Here's the wrong way. I can usually see it pretty quickly. Let's move toward the right way. uh, 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 Seldom, though... Do, do I not remember at the crossroads? I've jumped ahead of God a few times. And I've blown it when I've jumped ahead of God a few times. So so taking enough time to say, what's the ancient path? What's the, what's the ancient, what have I learned from my past? What have I learned from decisions? What have I learned from past crossroads that leads me to this one to say, wait a minute, son, you need to figure out what's going on here before you move. There may be some things in play that you don't even realize what's going on. I'm working in her life, his life, this situation, that Working in you know in 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 this person's health and this person's finances and this and I, I've got all this in play, you don't see a bit of it. All you see is you. So learning from our past, learning learning the lessons from running ahead of him, is is a valuable lesson to learn. Secondly, though, learning from the paths of others, that for, from the, from the past rather of others, is a wise wise thing to do, and that's why he says, uh, ask for the ancient paths. Look at your own past. And look at the past of others learn from your own past and learn from the past of others um, if you want to turn over to Jude chapter one I want to read a few verses for here for you that reflect that uh, if not just listen to what he says here Jude chapter one period is is, is the, the the entire book of Jude is a is a uh, kind of a reminder or warning caution red flag that's kind of what what, what Jude is writing about all the time or or in this book here um, But look at what he says here, verse 17 of Jude 1. But dear friends, remember what the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ foretold. Starts by saying, learn from these guys past. Remember what the apostles foretold. They said to you, in the last times there will be scoffers who follow their own ungodly desires. These are the men who divide you, who follow mere natural instincts and do not have the spirit. But you, dear friends, build yourselves up. In your most holy faith and pray in the Holy Spirit, keep yourselves in God's love as you wait for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ to bring you to eternal life. Be merciful to those who doubt. Snatch others from the fire and save them. To others show mercy mixed with fear, hating even the clothing stained by corrupt flesh. How do you do that? Go back and remember what the apostles have said. Learn from their past. Learn from the past of those that have gone before you. Find somebody, and I've said this often, I'll say it often until I die, We need to be a process, our our Christian life needs to be a process that looks like a funnel or looks like a sponge. In essence, we've got something coming in. We've always got something going out. The sponge is being soaked up. The sponge is being squeezed out. In order for that to be effective, we need somebody sowing into us, and we need to be sowing into someone else. We need to find someone ahead of us spiritually on the journey, and it may be chronologically, or sometimes it's not. Sometimes somebody ahead of us spiritually on the journey is maybe even younger than us. But we need to find somebody that is that is ahead of us on the journey, that's that's lived more faith than we've got, that's got more mileage with the Lord than we've got, to learn from them and learn from their mistakes, learn from the things that that they say, hey, don't go here. (laughs) Now, I I can't tell you where to go on the crossroads, but I can tell you where not to go. I took this road. I took this direction. You don't want to head down this way. I learned some valuable lessons by doing that. Don't go in this direction. Learning from the past of others is a wise thing to do, and then sowing that into someone else behind you spiritually on the journey is a wise thing to do. They can learn from your past just as you can learn from someone else's past. And so we can't see those things until we stop and reflect. Ask for the ancient way. Ask for the ancient, the ancient paths. Um, ultimately, get this, if you don't get anything else about this idea of reflection, ultimately what we're, every one of us is seeking or should be seeking at the crossroads is God's wisdom. What does God say? What does he want? What's his plan? What's his design? What's his purpose in all of this? He's got design and purpose to everything he does. Nothing happens by accident. God's got design to it. I need to see it, and I need to walk in it. What's his wisdom? That's really what we're ultimately what we're trying to see. So learning from our past, for how, from how God has dealt with us before, and learning from the past of others, seeking the ancient path. That's what he means by that. Thirdly, not only do the crossroads of life demand observation and offer reflection. They, um, in, the, in the third phrase of this verse, uh, reveals this. The crossroads of life seek counsel. That's what he's saying there in this next phrase. Not only stand at the crossroads and look, ask for ancient paths. What's this? Ask where the good way is. Ask where the good way is and walk in it. Step number three here in this formula, ask where the good way is. Um, Others have been at a similar crossroad before. Sometimes you have been at a similar crossroad before. We need to seek their counsel. So what's the question we need to ask them in seeking their counsel? It's obvious here in this verse. What's the good way? Ask them what the good way is. What's the good way? What's the way I should go? And as I said earlier, sometimes the answer you get is, I know it's not this. I've not sought God enough about your situation to know tell you where to go, but I I know enough from my own background and my experience, don't go here. Don't head down this road. Um, I can tell you the good way is not over this way because I've experienced some pain and some suffering, some hurts, and whatever else by going this way, heading in in another direction. Um, Seldom, here's what I want you to see, though, in this, we're to ask for the good way instead of the easy way. And most of us get to the crossroads and we're trying to figure out what's the easy way. What's the path of least resistance? Where is, where am I going to ruffle the fewest feathers by making a choice here and what I'm going to do with this situation? Here's what I want you to get. Seldom, seldom is the easy way, the good way. Sometimes it is, but that's the exception. Usually not the rule. Seldom. The good way is a little harder. Seldom the good way requires a little more, a little more faith. Seldom the good way, or, or often the good way requires a little more faith. Often the good way requires a little more stick to Often the good way requires a little more persistence. Often the good way requires a little more money. Often the good way requires a little more cost, it requires a little more time, it requires a little more effort. Often the good way does. It's seldom easy, but it is, it, is, it is always for our good. And so, as we ask those on the way with us, what's the good way? that's the thing we should be looking for is to say, I'm not looking for the path of least resistance here. I'm not looking for the for, for the quick fix here. What's the easiest way out? And I go to the next crossroad and I'm looking at the easy way there. And I go to the next one look at the easy way there. That's not the pattern I want to develop. The pattern I want to develop is what's the good way? Meaning, what is the way for my good? What is the way that ultimately works for my good and God's glory? Because if it is for my good, it will inevitably be growing out of my life for God's glory. So, this this idea of, of <clears throat> this idea of seeking counsel uh, is a wise step for us to take. It's it's it, as we as we face any crossroad. Um, and he says it here. And in in, follows the seeking counsel up by saying, walk in it, make it a lifestyle, make it something that you look for. Don't look for the easy way all the time. Now it's not that you, you make a lifestyle of saying, okay, what's the hardest way to go? That's the way I want to go. That's not the, that's not the plan here. But what he's saying here is, look for the good way. Look for the way, make it a pattern, walk in it, make it a pattern of looking for the good way, the, for the way for your good, not for the not for the way that is easiest for you. Um, when, when Leah and I bought our first house, I sought my dad's counsel about a lot of things and I've shared some of these stories with you. That his, um, his seventh or eighth grade edu- education was <clears throat> didn't hold a candle to, to the wisdom that he had and, and the knowledge that he had as well. But um, as as Leah and I were buying our first house, um, I had him come over and we had both of our parents come over and look at it. Um, to see if, you know, they thought it was okay. That's what you do. You know, when you buy a house, you get your parents to come look at it and is this okay? Is it gonna fall down tomorrow? Is it gonna you know, you, you want to know those kind of things. <clears throat> you want you want their approval. You want their stamp to say, yeah, oh, this is good. And so we brought our both of our parents over, but I asked my dad, <clears throat> I said, you know, can I afford this? I didn't know if I could afford it. It looked like a good deal to me, but I didn't know if I could afford it. So <clears throat> he says, what are they asking for? I said, $32,000. Seems like a car. Now, cars cost more than $32,000. I know it's, it's, it's showing my age this morning. But anyway, I said, $32,000. And we were assuming a lower interest rate than we could have gotten on our own. We were assuming, assuming the loan that these previous owners had. <clears throat> he said, what's the interest rate? I told him the interest rate. He said, can you make the payment in a week's pay? I said, yeah, get it. That simple? Yeah, get it. And <clears throat> as I moved later in life and I, I began to, to read more and study more about financial things and glean his wisdom and, and, and figure out that the more I read the more I studied, the smarter he got. And the more I looked at and the more I began to, to research, the wiser he became. I sat down with the, with a guy uh, at the house we're in now to to get my to get my loan <clears throat> construction loan to build my house and and uh, and he, we we were talking about finances and he said, you know, this is a this is a 25% story here. Uh work is are if you can uh, they shouldn't be more than your housing shouldn't cost more than 25% of your income. I said my dad was a pretty smart guy. And I told him this story. And he said, "Yeah, he was he was dead on." He told you exactly gave you wise counsel. As I, and I sought his counsel about the house because one, I was stupid. I'd never bought a house before, I'm sure. so Dad, can I afford this? Is this a wise decision for me to make? But I also sought his counsel because he was down the road a lot further than I. He had done a whole lot more life than I had done, and though he had he had you know he had lived in several places, he had not you know he wasn't this real estate magnate. He didn't own a bunch of property. He had bought a bunch of houses, but I knew he knew more than I knew. And so seeking the counsel of somebody else that's further down the path is always a wise thing when you get to the crossroad, whether it's a, whether you're fortunate enough for your parents to still be around and you can seek their counsel, or whether it's, whether it's somebody else that God places in your path, look for that. Find, surround yourself with people who can give you wisdom. And it's, honestly, it may not be a counsel that you take all the time, that you heed all the time, but it'll give you a perspective that's at least different from yours. It'll give you a perspective that says, okay... Tell me the things you're seeing. That's what I, that, was, that was my question to my dad about my house. Tell me the things you're seeing. Because on the surface, this looks like it's a good deal for us. But is it? I don't know. Is it? It, it looks like it to me. It and so I'm bouncing those things off my dad, and he's confirming those things that, I, that, that I'm seeing. Yeah, it's a good deal. Make, sign it. Sign it today. Sign it as quick as you can. So seeking the counsel of others further down the road spiritually is a wise thing to, t- to do as well. You would seek that materially. You would seek it financially from somebody who knew, who knew more about investing than you if you had $1,000 to invest. You want to figure out how to invest this. You'd seek the counsel somebody knows more about it than you do probably. So we need to seek that spiritually. Who is God placed in our world, placed in our sphere of influence? Who is in our circle that we can go to to say, am I seeing the right things? Here's, I'm, I'm at a decision. I'm at an intersection in life. and This is not the only one. just the one of hundreds, maybe thousands over my lifetime but I'm at an intersection, and I don't know that I'm seeing all the right things. What do you see here? Here are the circumstances before me. What do you see here? It's the wise thing to do? Seek the counsel of others. Uh, these, these, are, these, are, these are pivotal things in life. Stop and look, in essence, he's saying first. Ask for the ancient past. Look at, look at the, your past and look at the past of others. And then here, ask what the good way is. What's the good way? What's the way for my good? And walk in that, he's saying. So these three things, demand observation, offer reflection, and seek counsel. These three things lead to the fourth. And the crossroads of life, fourthly, build confidence. The crossroads should, at least, build confidence. Here's what he says, and you'll find rest for your souls. You do these three things. You you, you face crossroads in these three ways. You'll find rest for your souls. You'll find a sense of assurance. You're going to find a sense of confidence in your faith that you've never experienced before. Um, Now, this phrase, you'll find rest for your souls, occurs at another place in Scripture. Matthew eleven twenty eight and twenty nine. Speak to this. Come to me, Jesus is he's, he's speaking. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. You will find rest for your souls. This literally means in the original text, I will rest you. I will make you content. I will give you. I will make you assured. I will make you confident. You'll find rest. If and, and who's not looking for that? I mean, who's not looking? For, who's not looking for a sense of assurance, a sense of confidence, a, a sense of <clears throat> I'm heading in the right direction, and I, and I know this because God has affirmed my spirit and affirmed my heart and my will that I'm following Him in the direction on the path that He wants me to follow Him. So He's saying, I will rest you. You'll find peace. You'll find assurance. You'll find confidence. You'll find a sense of of, of, of value and worth. How do we do this? Well, in this in this uh, uh, passage in Matthew, he says, "You take my yoke upon you." What is that? He's saying there, "You take my nature, you take my ways, you take my word, you take my spirit, you take my you take me, take my yoke upon you, and you'll find rest for your souls." My, he says, "My yoke is easy to bear." Now, the yoke of this world, the, yoke, the burdens of this world. He, he by inference here, he's saying, "Or oh, you're, I mean, you're on your own with that." <laughs> Hope that works for you. But you take my yoke upon you, and I will make you able to bear it. I will make no burden too unbearable, to, unbearable for you. I will make no burden too difficult for you to, to lift up, to put on, to carry in life. He said, my yoke is easy. My burden is light. Come, find out that that's true. So this idea of, of, of doing these things, building the confidence in in, in, in us is, is, is biblical, is true, he reinforces it here, uh, the prophecy of Jeremiah, reinforces it, the very sa- same exact phrase here in Matthew eleven twenty eight. 28. Um, so how can we face every crossroad with confidence? We face every crossroad with confidence, uh, gleaning from Matthew 11 here, in knowing that He's ahead of us, in knowing that He's already waiting for us at the crossroads, in knowing that what happened at the cross is significant enough to make the decision at the crossroad. He's already there. Now why is that significant? It's significant because, as I said earlier, whether, whether we look like Ernest T. Bass at the crossroads and we're, you know, our head's spinning, there's too many choices, too much going on, or whether we're at the crossroads in total solitude thinking there's nobody here to help me. Oftentimes it's, it's as I say, one of those things in between. But if we can face each crossroad knowing he's already there, he's already in, the, in advance there to show me the way he wants me to go. He's waiting on me to get there. He's ahead of me in life. He's ahead of me everywhere I go. He's ahead of this crossroads. In fact, the next crossroads, he's already there too. And so if I understand that God's ahead of me and, 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 and desires to give me rest, desires to give me confidence, desires to give me peace, to give me a sense of assurance about this is my way for you. I want you to walk here. If he's already ahead of me, desiring that for me, why would I not want that myself? Why would anything about that scare me? If he's already there for me and waiting for me to say, here's the way for you. I want you to see it. I want you to walk in it. You're going, to be, you're going to find peace and rest and assurance in it. Why would I not want that? Why would we, why? It, it, it still amazes me as, as, a, as somebody that's been in ministry for, for, for lo, these many years, 20s, uh, heck, almost 30 now. It, it still amazes me that, that, that a person can walk right up to the precipice of God's will, knowing it's God's will, and say, I don't know. Amazes me, blows my mind. The people still do that to say, because what what that says to me is, I trust me more than I trust you, God. I trust me more than I trust you. That blows me away that we still do that. When time after time after time after time, His way has always worked out best for us. And if we've done it once or 50 times, the lesson is still the same. His way always works out best for us. Is it always the easy way? No, seldom. But it's always for our good. And if we've learned that once or 50 times or something in between, we should get up to the, to the crossroads, see that he's already there, and say, ah, there you are. I'm coming after you. I'm following after you. Not get up to the cross and say, God, where are you? Are you here? He's, he promised I'm already there waiting on you. Come, come, <laughs> he beckons. Take my, take my yoke upon you. You're going to find rest. You're going to find assurance. You're going to find confidence, peace. The things you're looking for in every decision, I'm already there to provide it for you. Follow me in it. Walk in it, he's saying here in Jeremiah. Why do we not do that? We don't do that because the enemy clouds the way. We don't do that because the enemy's also at the crossroads. We're not there alone. We're not there alone with God. We're there alone with God and him. And, he's, he, and he looks like Ernest T. <laughs> I mean, the enemy's got a sack full of rocks. He's got signs saying, go, stop, go, wait, here, no, here. And, and he's all about confusion. He always has been. He always will be. He's all about confusion and, and deferment to say, oh, wait on this now. Back up. Get some more information. Analyze this. You need to analyze this for four or five years before you make a decision. You know what four or five years turns into? 25, 75. And we're still in paralysis at a crossroads that we were at 20, 30, 40 years ago. Never made a decision about it. Never made a decision about what to do, where to go there, what situation. And why? Because he brought about confusion and said, wait a minute, you need more information. Now, follow the ancient paths. He'll use his accounts too. Follow the ancient paths. Follow him, follow him a long time, ask thirty people, not one ask ask him, ask her what she thinks. Ask get more opinions. you know what more opinions bring about? more confusion and, he, and that's, that's exactly what he 's all about, and the, and the Lord's saying, "Wait a minute, wait a minute i 'm here waiting on you. Look for me." follow after me, walk, in, walk with me, you're going to see clarity. You're going to experience clarity. You're going to, uh, to see a sense and live with a sense of assurance like you never had before. Why? Because you set the enemies aside and you already have a default. Before you ever walk up the crossroads, you turn to Jeremiah 6.16, you already have a default system that says, here's the way I'm handling this. I'm walking up to say, God, where are you? I want to see you here. This is my deal. And I'm I'm, 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 I'm looking for the ancient paths. I'm learning from my past. I'm learning from the past of others. I'm asking, where's the good way? I want to see it. I want to find God. I want to find you in it. So I come up with a formula to the crossroads and say, ah, there you are. And and I'm walking with him. It's far easier. Why? Because I've got a plan in place, and I've got mileage of having having done that at several other junctures in life before. And so I don't walk up to the crossroads with with trepidation and fear and say, what's the enemy going to throw at me now? How's he going to confuse me today? And he will. If we walk up in in that light, he'll say, i got you. Because if I can keep you confused, if I can keep you uh, complacent, if I can can keep you wanting and having to understand more before you take a step, before you take a move, I've got you. I don't have to have your soul. I just want your witness. I want want your life to reflect uh, uh, confusion. I want it to reflect the the fact that you can't trust God. Where is your God? I want it to reflect all of that. I, I know I can't take your soul. Your soul belongs to God. You're going to be with him in eternity one day. I want to take your influence. I want, to, I want to make your life look like, who is this guy? And if that's what following Jesus is about, have all that you want. Because I, I can find a better way over here. That's what I want your life to look like. That's what he's about at every crossroads. Confusion, anxiety, fear. That's exactly what he's all about. But what Jesus says here is, take my yoke upon you and, your, and, and learn from me. You'll find rest. You'll find confidence. You'll find peace. You'll find assurance. You'll find, I will rest you. I'm going to show you the way you need to go. I'm going to give you confidence in it. Why? Because I get glory out of that. That's why. That's for your good and for my glory. Incredible stuff. So, I really believe this morning: this. The greatest hindrance to contagious faith is a lack of confidence. It may be a lack of confidence in sharing your faith. It may be a lack of confidence in praying. It may be a lack of confidence in understanding scripture. It may be a lack of confidence in many things spiritually, but the greatest deterrent to contagious life, to your telling your story to someone else, is confidence. And I'm convinced that crossroad after crossroad after crossroad is an opportunity to build, as, as Miss Jones says, a brick at a time, brick by brick, to say, listen, no, not anymore. Not following the confuser anymore. Not listening to his confusion anymore. Not, a, not approaching a, a decision, a crossroads in fear anymore. Not doing that anymore. Been there, done that. I'm following God's way. It's the good way. It's the way for my good. It's the way for His glory. I've got whether whether I've got one crossroad experience to tell that story or fifty, still the same effect. I face a crossroads with confidence. Why? God's already there ahead of me. There's no fear there. There's a good way for me there, and He's th- there. He's there to show that to me. Um, that's what finding the cross at the crossroads is all about. That's why we can live a more confident faith. I'm gonna tell you this is a this is pivotal scripture in Jeremiah six. Pivotal scripture. You know why? Because most most believers don't live that way. We live with this paralysis by analysis method. where We're going to get more information. I need six books on this before I make a decision about this. Nothing nothing wrong with information. Nothing wrong with with education. Learn all you can learn. But sooner or later, you've got to make a decision. You know why? Because God brought you to the crossroad to make a decision to say, there he is. I'm following his way. That's why you're here. So... These things over and over and over in us can build what I call a track record of faith to where the 30th one is so much more easier than the second and third. You know why? Because we've got 30 behind us. And so the, the, the greater experience we have, the more God's done in us by faith, the more he can do in us more easily by faith. Well, a couple of things here as we close, and I want you to, to reflect this. Certain, certain crossroads can often make or break someone. Have you noticed that in people? Maybe in yourself. Certain crossroads can make or break you. Cancer, divorce, loss, sickness, hurt. Certain crossroads can make or break somebody. Not the intent of the crossroad, certainly not the intent of the Lord for for it to have that kind of effect, but it can break someone or certain crossroads can make someone too. They can make their witness more valuable than it ever was before. They can make their story, they can make the reflection of Christ out of their life Far more significant than it was before. Why? Because they 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 walked up to the precipice and said, "God, I got nothing. <laughs> I got nothing here. So if you don't have it, we're in trouble. And you have it, I'm going to follow you." If we walk up to to to, to those places, uh, trusting Him, looking for Him, what those kind of those kind of situations can make our story, just as not handling them well can break our story, can break our witness, can break us. And, and and keep us squelched and choked and 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 stifled in our faith and in our walk for years and years, and decades, years turn into decades, and, and we look back and say, what happened? What happened to me? I used to be hungry for God. I used to be, I used to be zealous for His Word. I used to feed on Him. I used to I used to be in touch with His Spirit. His Word used to come alive to me. What happened to all that? Where would that go? One crossroads at a time, the enemy got the victory, and it. Ended up breaking us instead of making us and helping us see that uh, we've got a story to tell. Um, Crossroads of adultery can make or break somebody. Crossroads with a pill. Crossroads with a bottle. Crossroads with a relationship. They can make or break somebody. The story here is, if you'll follow this way, if you'll follow my formula, if you'll look for me at the crossroads, I'm I'm there ahead of you. I'm going to show you where to go. And I'm going to give you confidence in doing that. Why? I set the crossroad in front of you. That's why. I set it in front of you to trust, to learn to trust me. Life is not, it's not about a bunch of easy decisions. This place doesn't work very well. It's not heaven. Heaven's heaven. Nothing else is. And things don't work very well for you and I who, who try and walk with Jesus here. So how do we build that faith? One situation, one decision, one crossroad at a time. That's exactly how. And our witness grows from that. Here's how this, here's what this guy does with adversity. Here's what this gal does with loss. Here's what this one does with addiction. Here's what this one does with depression. They walk up to a cross and say, where's God? There he is. I'm following him. Not, what do I do now? Life's over. I, and, and I stay paralyzed at that, at that same crossroad for 30 years. And they, sh- they, they, they shouldn't break us, but they can. They, they should make us. Um, our future, our credibility, a lot of things depend on that. Finally, though, the key to success at every juncture is seeing the cross in the middle of the crossroads, finding the cross in the crossroads. Now, and it's not so much about uh, WWJD, what would Jesus do? It's more about WDJD, what did Jesus do? How did he handle this? And I want to tell you, we've got a a book full of of what he would do, what he did, what he said. Um, Just as, as we saw here in Matthew 11, 28, 29, come to me, take my yoke upon you, put my ways on you, put my nature on you, put my thoughts on you, walk in this, and it'll be a burden that's easy to bear. It doesn't look so from the outside in. It doesn't look so at this crossroads. It looks like it's huge. It's not. Once you walk in my ways and see my ways and understand my nature, it's going to be, these kind of crossroads and decisions are going to be far easier for you. Why? Because you'll see them through my lens instead of through your own. Drastically different results there. But what, would, what did Jesus do? He, he, he would have us go back to His Word and back to His Spirit. When we go to a crossroads without this book, we're in super, super deep trouble. When we go to crossroads without prayer, we're in super deep trouble. When we go to crossroads without the, 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 the leaning and guiding and directing of His Spirit, we're in deep trouble. Take those things to the crossroads, He's saying. And that's exactly the counsel of Jeremiah. It's exactly the counsel here in Matthew 11 to say, here are the things you do. You walk up to a crossroad, you stand and look first, you don't run ahead. You don't charge through like a bull in a china shop. God's up to something here. I seek the ancient way. Look at my past. Look at the past of others. Then I ask, what's the good way? I look at those. I get counsel from others. What's the good way here? What's the way for my good? And then I'm going to find rest and all that. I'm going to find comfort. I'm going to say, okay, there it is. And I, I, I charge in that direction, knowing that I'm in the center of God's will and exactly where he wants me to see the things he wanted me to see by coming here in the first place. We can get that every time if we follow this formula. Every time. You say, Tim, you mean life, is, life is, has no more failures? Crossroads don't. Tough decisions don't. If we'll follow God's menu, we've got to do that, though. We can't do part him and part us, and part him and part uh, you fill in the blank. Uh, started to say somebody might offend some of you. That's okay. Follow his way. Follow his way. His way works every time. And his word works every time. If we'll do that, why do we not? The enemy's got our, judge, our judgment clouded. This is toast for you. Man, this is a tough decision. There are serious consequences here. You better back up and think about this. Let's think about this a while. Let's think about this for a few decades. And uh, what, a, what a shame that we live in such defeat when victory is there for us. All we've got to do is grab it. Grab his word and grab his way. And he'll show us exactly where he wants us to go. The cross is at the crossroads. If we look for it, we'll find it, we'll see it, we'll see him. He, he's, he's already there waiting on us, and man, his ways are so much better than ours. The, the, the wiser and the quicker we see that, the wiser we become. Um, that's sound, sound counsel from his word today. We need to heed that. Next week, uh, well, I'm not going to give you a teaser next week. Next week is uh, it's going to shake you up a little bit. Just prepare to be shaken up a little bit next week. Uh, the cross should and does do that. So... Um, I've already been shaken up a little bit as the Lord start stirring this in me already. So um, come prepare for your world to be rocked a little bit next week. Let's pray. Thanks again for listening to today's message from Cross Point Church, helping people navigate the journey toward an authentic, biblical, and contagious walk with Christ.